we believe that that's absolutely necessary, you know, in the immediate days and weeks following your stroke. We don't want you to miss out on any of that therapy, but you need support beyond that. And when your your life changes and your identity changes, what can you do and what how can we support you in that? So we believe looking at more than just your strengths and weaknesses with your talking or your understanding, you know, your loss of roles and all of those things. We, we take all, into, all of that into consideration and that's what our center is founded on. Welcome to the Listen for Life podcast with Genevieve Richardson. Genevieve is a speech-language pathologist rehabilitating adults with communication challenges after a stroke or due to a neurological impairment. Get equipped with knowledge from experts in the field and professionals you need to know. We'll hear stories and experiences from others who are navigating life with aphasia. So, put your earphones in and take a walk outside. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community, a resource, and a support system. We're in this together. Do life. Good morning, everybody. Genevieve Richardson from the Life Speech Pathology Show. And I am very excited to introduce you to today's guest. And we are going to talk about aphasia community centers. And Canada is with the aphasia center of West Texas, all the way in Amarillo. And that's a bit of a drive from Austin. But the idea behind sharing these aphasia community centers is that you are aware that these places exist, even if there isn't one in your town, there might actually be. If you Google aphasia community center, you may very well find one where you live. Without further ado, we are going to welcome in Canada. Welcome. Hi, thank you. So tell us a little bit about the Aphasia Center of West Texas. Okay, so we are located in Midland, Texas, kind of on the outskirts of Midland. So we serve Midland and Odessa and our surrounding rural communities. Monaghan, Stanton, Pecos, all, all of those West Texas towns, we serve those with aphasia and their family members, friends, all of that. We are celebrating our 20th year of existence this year. Woo! And we are so excited about that. But we, we just strive to improve the quality of life for those with aphasia, affected by aphasia, help them overcome barriers in their home and in their communities, just whatever we can do to support you after you get this diagnosis of aphasia. So can you tell us a little bit about how the center got started? Yeah, so our center really got started in 2001. Our founding member, Chuck Matthews, and his daughter, Catherine Shelley, founded our center that he had a debilitating stroke that caused aphasia and they quickly saw that insurance dollars ran out. And when that happened, services were gone too. And they were like, we've got to do something. We can't live alone with this forever. So they did some research and in 2001, they started a three person case study of people with aphasia or three people with aphasia and raised seed money. And they said, okay, we can make this work. So we gained our 501c3 nonprofit status in 2003. 
So that would be why we're celebrating our 20 years this year. But yeah, we, we, the current building that we're in now, we got in 2009, we renovated it in 2011, moved right in, just, just loving the space that we have. We've got adequate space for all of our members and stuff. Yes. 2013, the Aphasia Center of West Texas hosted 24 aphasia leaders to our building here in Midland. And that's where the brainchild of aphasia access came from. So they voted to create that organization for professionals. And then here we are in 2023, we just trained 14 regional SLPs on the life participation approach to aphasia. I'm using an aphasia access course. And our numbers, we've served over 2,000 plus people, West Texans, affected by aphasia. So lots of things in the last 20 years. Those are numbers and programs to be really proud of. Yes. Love it. Love it. So I became aware of your center when you and I met at the Aphasia Access Conference in North Carolina in March. March? Wow. Yeah, in March. That, that feels like it was a lifetime ago and, right. you know, like four short months ago. How do you guys incorporate the life participation approach to aphasia at your center? That is what we are founded on. That is what we are based on. It is everything that we do. So we have trained our staff, me included, have trained with the Aphasia Institute in Toronto on the life participation approach to aphasia. And we've just found and research shows that, you know, the social model of incorporating your life and your goals and your dreams into your therapy is, is the way to go. So we, while there's great things about traditional medical models and we love that, could you talk us through, and I know we didn't talk about this before we went live, but I'll put you on the spot. Uh, What's your intake process? Like, how do you, from first contact through someone joining your center, how does the life participation approach how is it a part of your intake process? How do you get people to understand what that is and how it will impact them for the best, hopefully? Yes. So just a little bit about our program as a whole, we do not take insurance. We are, you know, a nonprofit, but we will not turn anybody away for inability to pay. We have scholarships available for those, but we do have a very low monthly fee and Our founding board, their like one mission was that we will not turn anybody away. We will serve these people because this is why we exist, right? So that's just a really great thing. I, we've never turned anyone away because of inability to pay. But when we first meet somebody, you know, their clients or their patients. So when they come into our door, they're our member. They become our friends and our new family. So we kind of make that shift, first of all. And we call, we have what we call an interview. We just talk. What was your life like before aphasia? What caused your aphasia or your stroke or what have you? And if you don't know, that's fine too. And then what are your goals? Like, is it talking? Okay, great. But like, I want to know your specific goals. Is it to pray your Thanksgiving prayer again? Is it to read a Bible chapter at your group? Is it to go golf with your buddies and have a conversation about whatever? 
I want to know those really personal goals. And we make that very clear from our first interview. And we, we put the, the motivation and the participation in that person with aphasia's hands. You get to decide how much you attend our center. You get to decide what days you come or if you're not feeling it that day, that's okay too. Just, you know, give us a call. But we, we really make that, that shift from the first moment we make contact. It's so important to understand uh, what what motivates the person. I always use the example of garden club. And I guess when I really, I'm an old home health. Oh, that dates me. I shouldn't say old. <laughs> I did a lot of, I've always done adult rehab yeah. from, from even when I was in grad school. I always had to push to get an adult client. Yeah. But I did a lot of home health work. And there's nothing like going into somebody's home, knowing you have a limited amount of time and prioritizing what they need to have solved in that situation. And often it's not working on the impairment. It's yeah. working on the strategies and processes and the communication that supports what needs to happen in the home. That's why I love the par life participation approach. It's just a more formalized, broad system that I'm happy to see our profession adopting. Yes, me too. Tell us a little bit how you got started in speech pathology and how you came to be at the Aphasia Center of West Texas. Okay, so speech pathology as a whole, I was, I changed my major five times in college. I just could not decide what I wanted to do. It was, I took a psychology course and I wanted to be a counselor. And then I took a pre-med course and I was going to be a nurse and then a PA and just all of these things all over the board. And finally, my aunt was like, I have a cousin who's got autism. You come visit one of our speech therapy sessions. I think you'd be great at this. So I went and I fell in love. It was the perfect teaching and medical field fit for me. So I applied to Texas Tech's undergrad program in Lubbock and then also did my grad school there. And while I was there, I was a graduate assistant and for Dr. Melinda Corwin, who I know you've interviewed before on your podcast, and I got involved in her STAR program, her stroke and aphasia recovery program, and just fell in love. I was like, this is what I want to do forever. And I just, I happened to move back to my hometown of Midland. This opportunity came up and I've been here for three years now. Neat. So at the center, do your members have individual treatment, group treatment, support groups? What, what, what are the opportunities available to them? Any and all of the above. So we are mostly group-based with opportunities to work on personal goals. So just right off bat, I'm thinking of like our Monday afternoon group is our technology lab, but we take, I can take that time to you know, one of our members right now was working on writing and she wants to be able to write her own grocery list. So I take that time to work with her one-on-one -on -one because you can't really do that on a computer program or anything like that. Another one is working on numbers. He wants to take a crane operating technician test. So I've 
I've been doing a deep dive on what that entails and working on identifying numbers with him. So there's, there's lots of opportunity to, to work individually also. We also have our family and friends group that meets once a month. That's both in person and virtual to support those family and friends that have also been affected by aphasia. We do about every two months an out and about into our community. We, our members kind of pick where we're going to go. We just last month went and played daytime bingo. So we all go there and we, you know, we might make aphasia friendly menus for that day or, you know, help with numbers. And then our members get to do a little education to the community about what aphasia is and how the community can support and help them. We go to restaurants and we've gone to the movies and to our local baseball games. What else have we done? Our members love to eat. So restaurants is always <laughs> a, is a high, but I mean, who doesn't, right? Everyone can bond around a, a meal. So that's neat. And, and just the opportunity to get out in the community and to practice their advocacy or their strategies. And when I, for the audience, when I refer to advocacy, it's what the person with aphasia needs from others to assist with communication, whether it's slowing down or writing words, those kinds of things. Yeah. I think it's neat. I always loved when I worked in acute rehab, you know, doing the outings with OT and PT and therapeutic recreation, good stuff there. Yes. And you'll, you'll be surprised. Like, and now I always just look at every restaurant's menus. I'm like, well, that's not aphasia friendly. I need to that's add, right. add pictures. <laughs> I know. I know. And I get aggravated when the print is too small. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, before I started doing telepractice nine years ago, I never wore glasses and now I have to, I'm just on the computer too much. Yeah. So I get aggravated when I have to put my glasses on to read a menu. Right. And I just think, oh my gosh, this could be reworked so easily. And people aren't like myself, won't have to turn their flashlight on, on their phone so that right. they can read. Yes. Yes. There's a long way to go to get businesses aphasia friendly. There are. We can start ticking that off. One yeah. restaurant, <laughs> one coffee shop at a time. Yeah. So I know you guys have a newer program about working with counselors. Yes. What is there an is there an official name for this program? Tell us about it. No, and we we just, we kind of call it our our counseling partnership. So mm -hmm. you know, and but when we talked about talking about this today on the podcast, I did a little research on depression, anxiety, and you know, there's reports vary regarding frequency, but we know it's there. One report said one third of those that have aphasia acquired depression. Another was 62 to 70% of those who have aphasia also have depression. Another one said aphasia, those with aphasia are three times more likely to develop depression versus those who don't have aphasia. So it's there and it needs to be addressed. So we saw that this was a need and we wrote a grant to one of our local foundations. And this particular foundation likes to see collaboration between nonprofits. And if you know anything about West Texas, we've got nonprofits that can do it and they do it all. So we partnered with another nonprofit here in Midland that's called Centers for Family or for Children's 
or children and families, excuse me, centers for children and families. Let me get that right. So it's a local counseling center and we wrote the grant and it got approved and we brought five of their counselors into our building and trained them on what aphasia is, what it is not, and basic kind of toolbox stuff to get the message in, how they can get the message out. So when talking's not working, you can add gestures and writing and drawing and, you know, all of those things. So we trained these, there goes my mic. We trained these counselors on that. So now our members have a safe place to go to receive counseling services with counselors who know how to talk to them. And oh my gosh, has it been beneficial? And it's, it's just, yeah, it's just been so beneficial. I just, it, we saw the need, we did it. We, and we hope that other towns and SLPs and counselors want to do it too, because this, this is a need. I personally, you and I had talked about this before, you know, when we were scheduling this interview and I love that you guys initiated and got the grant and you've had success with training counselors and now your members get to benefit from that. How do we skip? I'm just putting this out in the universe. We need to scale your program and get it in the hands of other, and maybe other centers are already doing it, but every community needs counselors that can address the mental health needs of the aphasia community, not just for the person with aphasia, but their families too, because being a caregiver, if you've never been a caregiver, that's a whole other hat you've got to wear. Actually, dozens and dozens of hats now, right? When you were just spouse before and each of you had your roles and responsibilities and and now it's all upside down, inside out, and backwards. Right. And and our our members are we wrote the grant with with that in mind that our members and their family members receive these services from these trained therapists who know about aphasia now, and they receive them at no cost. Our yes, our our grant pays for that. So yes, you do have to be a member here, but who doesn't want to be a member here, right? So we, okay. we, we, we just love that program so much. And I was thinking about this, like, what, what are some great success stories? I mean, we've had a member going there for like two years, I think now, because he's coping with primary progressive aphasia. Man, is that ever changing? You know, there's a loss and then there's another loss. So he's benefited from that. And, you know, thank God. And then we have another member who was adjusting to the whole identity shift and loss of independence. She had to move in with her daughter in her fifties because she couldn't live on her own anymore. And you know, what a shift that was. And now she has support. And then another, one of our other members got into a sticky situation due to misunderstanding due to his aphasia. He didn't comprehend the message and it's, it led to a, a social shift. And he needed support through that. And so did his wife. So they, they benefit from our counseling program. I I think it's tremendous. Yes. And, and I will say, you know, if, if another therapist or SLP is like, I've got to do this, call us, we can talk about what we did, you know, kind of how we went about it. We'd love to share that information with y'all and 
and help all these other towns and all these other people with aphasia that have been affected by aphasia receive the services that they need. I love it. I, I think that's amazing. And thank you for providing examples because you and I can talk all day long, right. but when it, when it gets down to what does that mean for our, the community that we're serving, those examples are just so powerful. So what else are you, do you guys have going on at your program that, that you'd like to highlight? So we just, in April, yes, April, we got another grant to host 14 of our regional SLPs in our building and online. So for years and years and years, the Aphasia Center wished that we had a way to coordinate an easy way to educate our local SLPs on life participation approach to aphasia. And then the aphasia access community and amazing SLPs over there, they created, let me see, the, the person-centered care life participation approach to aphasia knowledge course. So we took that opportunity to write a grant. The grant got funded and we had 14 local SLPs take that CEU course online. And then they were required to come to our center to, to discuss the course and then how to implement this into their practice. And then just how can we support each other in the continue of care? It's amazing, even in our small, what I would consider small community. You know, I've, I've known the SLP's name at the hospital, but I've never seen her face. And the same for the rehab hospital or the same for outpatients. So those SLP's came into our building. We put faces with names. And we sat for over two hours and just talked about difficulties that we see in each setting, how we can support a person from the, from stroke onset to, till they come to our center. It was just an amazing conversation and collaborative effort that we all kind of put together. That I love that because that, that brings all the professionals together in the community and, you know, surrounding communities for, for the aphasia folks and families. That is great. You guys are doing some revolutionary work. Is that too big of a word? But I really don't think it is because we've done this shift from impairment-based medical model to life participation. Yeah. And clinicians such as yourself, the clinicians and program directors at the Aphasia Center of West Texas, what's happening at Texas Tech with the training of allied health professionals in, in the whole area of aphasia. It's good work. It's, yeah. it's, it's fun. And I want to be, and I want to be a part of it. And part of it of doing this show and the podcast is educating the communities that there's options. You don't have to do this alone. Yeah. We, you know, beyond just SLPs, we've talked to CNA classes. We've gone to high school career fairs. We've, you know, we trained third year medical students on how to even, you walk in the room and they can't say anything. How do you make sure that you're getting the right message in or verifying you got the message out? My kind of motto is, you know, if they'll listen, we'll talk. 
So we, we love to, to educate about this very special population. Okay. We have a comment that I wanted to pop up here and just show. Robert says he's excited to hear that awareness of depression with aphasia is being brought to the forefront. It's not hidden anymore, is it? No. And I'm glad it's not because it's prevalent and it needs to be addressed. Yes. Wonderful. Well, Canada, I am so grateful to you for coming on today and telling us all the work that you guys are doing there at the Aphasia Center of West Texas. And I want to encourage the audience, check out their center. I will put a link to their center in the show notes. And I encourage all of you in the aphasia community, if there is something you need, you need to reach out, even if it's to your local speech pathologist because there are resources available. Reach out to me, reach out to the Aphasia Center of West Texas. If we don't have an answer, we can help you find what you need wherever you live. And one more one more yes. quick thing. are going to be launching our website in an aphasia-friendly version soon, so you can meet our staff on video, you know, some of our members. All the things. So that's that's our next project that'll be launched. Love that. Everything aphasia friendly. Yes. And and it's amazing because I, I manage my own website and looking at the tools, the technology tools, there's still a long ways to go for you know what we've always called accessibility. Yeah. But aphasia accessibility even takes it to another level because now we're talking about written language. Right. pictures and it's definitely a challenge but the world is evolving and we're going to make it aphasia friendly one website one restaurant one community center at a time yes yes thank you so much canada hang on i will will end the show here and i want to wish all of you a wonderful fabulous day and let's see if I can get this up here. All right, here we go. We'll Thanks. see you all next time. Take care. Oh, do check out the Life Speech Pathology Aphasia podcast. It's available on all major podcast platforms. Also, if you sign up through our website, dolifespeechpathology.com, the email or the website address is there at the bottom of the screen then you can get exclusive access to show notes, more than just show notes. We actually make a summary of every episode with the takeaways that you will find valuable and important to assisting your journey with aphasia. So you can subscribe for free to that podcast series is what we're calling it. And you'll get notifications when new shows come out and all that good stuff. If you are interested in doing direct treatment for aphasia, we offer free consultations. Again, you can book through dolifespeechpathology.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Listen for Life podcast. We hope you feel empowered and supported. Head over to listenforlifepodcast.com to see the show notes with links and information from today's episode. Do you have a topic, a resource to share, or a guest recommendation? Inquiring minds want to know. Let us know in the comments section. Wishing you a fabulous week.